Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BikeRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest joining us from Australia is Sarah Cordner, and we'll be talking about how to create a successful online course. Through her internationally acclaimed course creation programs and services, thriving edupreneur community, and best-selling books, Sarah specializes in helping experts and organizations turn their passion, knowledge, and skills into profitable online courses and digital products. Sarah has attracted over 100,000 enrollments in 168 countries to create, launch, and sell their own online services. She was listed by the Huffington Post as the top 50 must-follow female entrepreneurs in 2017, has had her course creation work cited in Forbes, and she is a 12-times published author and 5-times international number one bestseller and also host of Course Creation Podcast and holds the record for being the youngest university head and director in Australian history, a university that was ranked number one in Australia at the time of her leadership. Using Sarah's tried and tested step-by-step system, even the newest entrepreneurs, traditional businesses, and even complete non-techies can quickly and easily create a profitable online course that can impact millions and create a life and business that they love. For more information, you can visit Sarah's website, which is sarahcordner.com, and that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-R-D-I-N-E-R.com. Hello? Okay, there we go. Hello, Sarah. Oh, we made it. We are not to be outdone by technology. <laughs> so, Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry for the technical hitch there, everyone. It's uh, fantastic to be back with you. So I help people create their own online courses, and I truly believe that there is a course inside everyone. Everyone has different skill sets. Everyone has different passions and knowledge, and absolutely, you can share that with the world in a way that's going to earn you money. But for me, that started off in the education industry. I, uh, when I did my degree in education, after, by the way, coming from a gypsy heritage, which was dead against me going into education, let alone running an education company <laughs> of my own. 
and uh, have since gone on to um, lead as an executive director of a university over in Australia and now have over 150,000 students of my own in my own online courses. And I do it all from my spare bedroom in my little rural Australian house with two young children running around. And I hope that that can just bring to light the fact that anyone, anywhere, with any amount of resources can do exactly the same thing too. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think, you're, you know, just your location, your location, the, the rural aspect, uh, the parenting, uh, all, all of those kinds of things are, you know, very um, prominent in, you know, the last couple of years with people having to work from home and, and also, you know, balancing the, the children nearby. So, um, now, what, I guess one of the things to start with, is now you, you said everybody has a, a you know, a, a course or uh, within them or, you know, that kind of thing, um, depending on the passion or whatever. So how, how do I pick the right course? I mean, the right topic for my course. I mean, you know, many people have a lot of different skills. And so from all of the different, if we're, if we're looking at our toolbox, of subjects, how, how do I go about selecting one that that has a, a, a good chance for success? Yeah, everyone can pick something to create a course about. And for some people, it's actually quite easy. You know, a lot of people are listening to this. They've got their own blogs already. Maybe they're working on some kind of side hustle. Maybe they're an expert in something already. Well, naturally, that would be the perfect thing to pick if you are already operating a business or starting a business, if you are blogging in a particular space. That would be the perfect topic for you to pick to create a course on because it then acts as another income stream and a lead generator in that kind of business. So I would suggest that whatever the main focus of your blog is, whatever the main theme or target audience is of your existing blog or your existing business, focus on what are the top 10 questions that those people would love me to answer? What are my top 10 most popular blog posts? What are the top questions I see people asking over and over again in my field? And I would quite simply, just to get started on a very, very basic beta version of a course, go and grab your phone, answer those 10 questions on video. Yes, it's always best to have your face on the video. People connect better with humans. It's far more engaging. And video is quickly becoming a high-consumption piece of content. And simply pop that up online. You can pop that behind a paywall, for instance, if you're looking to actually earn income from this. You could go out there and get yourself a learning management system. Those, uh, there are many out there at the moment. They have a lot of plans to get started, which is great if you're on a budget. I like the platforms like Kajabi, Thinkific, LearnWorld, System. There's so many to try. <laughs> and quite simply, you up your course onto those platforms, you can then charge for people to access that if you're looking to earn an income. Or alternatively, this can act as an incredible list builder for your existing blog. If you can answer the top 10 questions your audience have, or build out on your most popular blogs with some video training and give that away for free, you are going to dramatically grow your email list, dramatically grow your engagement, and of course, if you are putting that behind a paywall, your income opportunities as well. Yeah, um, so 
I, so you basically start with these like these ten questions. So the, the top ten questions that you know, like you said, for for a person who's a blogger, or, or like in my case, um, you know, my uh, podcast was with inspiration as a focus. Would 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 that is that the kind of thing that I, for me? If I were going to go ahead and start to look at initially, it's like you know, this is. I mean, I mean, I've been, you know, spent a lot of time in it, and I've got a lot of experience in that. So would that be something that I would be, I would gravitate toward? Um, That's absolutely right. Yeah, you know, you, a lot of people are so used to doing what they do. They're so good at what they do that they do it so automatically. They don't realize what a skill it actually is. And there are people out there that would love to know how to do that. You know, talking to you, Robert, with this amazing radio, this, this is something that many other people would love to know. How do you do this? What technology are you using? Do I need special equipment? What equipment do I need? How do I get guests? How do I know what to talk about on that show? If these are things that you, know, you do so naturally, you don't realize how many other people would literally line up at your door and bash it down to mm -hmm. learn how you do this. And you could make yourself an extremely lucrative income stream just sharing with people quite simply in some very simple videos how you do it. And other people, you know, the same. If you, people listening here, you might have, I don't know, a food blog. You know, other people might be going, I want to have a food blog. I want to learn how to blog full stop, even if it's about a different topic. How do you set a blog up? How do you write? How do you know what to write about? How do you actually make it look pretty? And these are things that um, feel normal to everyone else, but uh, to you, but to, you know, to everyone else it is amazing, and they would love to pay money to learn that skill that you already have. And if it's something that you're passionate about, it's something that you've got experience in, that already qualifies you enough to go out there and teach on it. A lot of people think, you know, do I have to be qualified in the thing that I'm teaching? Do I have to be a qualified teacher in order to create an online course? And the answer is absolutely not. You simply just have to love something and be experienced or good at something enough to share it with somebody else who is not yet at the level that you are at. Now, of course, there will always be people above you that are more experienced and more qualified, but there are always going to be millions, in fact, billions of people behind you that are not yet where you are at, and those people are your customers. Those are the people who you can give great change to, great advice to, and, of course, sell your services to. Yeah, because now um, you mentioned, I heard you kind of mentioned a little bit, just doing there, the idea of, um, of doing a video, maybe doing a, uh, offering it for free to build your, um, you know, your like your email list or your subscriptions. Um, what... How, how, how would one, how does one determine whether to, to do something for free or, or to move into the realm of, you know, packaging for sale? Excellent question. Now, every successful business has a proper customer journey, meaning that you have planned all of the products and services that you offer and basically put them in an order, a little bit like a yellow brick road that your customers will walk through as they go through your business. Now, all businesses are obviously different, but let me give you kind of an order that you could put your offerings in. Now, at the very beginning of any customer journey in any successful business is a lead magnet. 
This is something that you're giving away for free in order to collect people's email addresses and grow your email list of target customers. Every single business must, should have a lead magnet, the thing that you're giving away for free. Now, this could be, you know, you've seen a free PDF, a free e-guide, a free e-book, maybe it's a free webinar, maybe it's a free mini course, right? That thing that you're giving away for free should always be the first thing at the beginning of your customer journey. So I would recommend that you at least go and answer your top three to five questions that you're being asked and use that as a free lead magnet mini course. It's a lot more valuable than just a PDF or just a download, and it's also a lot more engaging. People, That relationship that people will build with you will happen faster because of that element of your human face on their screen. So from the free lead magnet, you want to then have a pathway that they're going to follow from there. So here are some examples in terms of courses that I could, uh, that you know, you could include in your business. The next stage some people add here is a paid mini course. I call it a Kickstarter course. This could be a little course that perhaps fits into a lunch break. I call it lunch break learning. This could be some kind of training that basically fits within one hour. So really fast. Here are the main steps that somebody would have to follow to learn the skill that you're teaching, and you're going to give them some kind of activity or implementable task for them to get started straight away. And that would be your cheapest product, your lowest price product to help people kind of get into your business ecosystem. I would recommend that that is under $50. Under $50 doesn't take a huge amount of selling. It's a low objection rate. So it's going to give people that opportunity who don't yet know you yet, who don't fully trust you yet, to jump in at a low risk rate to kind of get a taste of you. From there, you may then consider creating a big course, maybe an authority signature program that covers that topic in depth. So by this point, you would have had some really good feedback and questions coming through from the people that have entered your free lead magnet. And then your Kickstarter course in the same topic. So basically, you're making the same topic just bigger and more in-depth each time. Now you are going to have a clue as to all of the other things that people really want to know about that topic, the in-depth how to do it, you know, the in-depth exercises. This is where the transformation happens. And this can be your signature program that really brings in a lot of money for you. Now, these range in price. I'm not telling you should price it at this, but a lot of, uh, just to give a rough idea of what's on the market at the moment, a lot of these signature programs that are kind of, you know, the 30 days, the 8 weeks, the 12 weeks, those kinds of immersion programs, range anywhere from like $300 to $5,000, right? You're going to have to do some research in your industry to see what the equivalent prices are for an equivalent value exchange. Um, but this, you know, is where your Big Mama program comes in, using your blog, using your social media presence to promote that course, then cause people in through there as well. Now, another thing you might consider is a coaching program. Maybe you want to run like a 30-day coaching program or a 12-week coaching program. That starts to include you. Maybe you just do your signature program, which is self-study, but you add in yourself in the form of weekly live calls or a secret Facebook group where you turn up every day and answer questions. So you start moving into a more personalized experience, a more intimate experience when you go into the coaching program, and that is obviously where you can begin to increase your pricing because now you are involved in the process. They get to be with the expert and guided by the expert. Another offer that you might put in that customer journey from there 
could be a done with you or a done for you service. So a lot of people, you know, they'll go into an online course, they're like, wow, I didn't realize how much there was to this. Now I understand the value of your expertise. Maybe they would pay extra to actually come on a Zoom call with you or work with you where you actually do stuff for them. Like looking at your example here, Robert, on Blog Talk Radio, it could be that you have a service where you actually set up people's radios for them. That would be an amazing service for people who are scared of technology and don't know how to set these things up. So that's another thing you could do. From there, you could also move into um, maybe immersion experiences or retreats. Could you take people away for a weekend and work on your thing with them? Teach them how to do your thing in person. This becomes an even higher value service that you're offering. So your high ticket income starts pouring in at that sale. And then a final thing you might add onto your customer journey could be a membership. And this is where people basically pay you a monthly fee to access whatever it is that you're offering in that membership. The great thing about this is it can be very creative. There's no rules to what goes in a membership. As an example, my membership I have is called the Edupreneur Academy. And that's for course creators, experts, coaches, consultants who want to create courses, publish books, and build an education-based business online. And so, for instance, that includes a number of my online courses. I actually have now over 70 online courses in my academy. My members can access all of them. I have monthly challenges that I run. I have bi-monthly mastermind calls on marketing and tech setup. Uh, we have secret Facebook groups in the community. I have over 200 book summaries in there. And so what I've done over time is I've just increased the value of that membership so that people are incentivized to come and join that community. And they actually stick around for a couple of years, uh, which is amazing. So you have this monthly income coming through month after month after month. And as your membership grows, obviously, so then does your passive income that comes from it. And so when you look at all of that, all those different options, you might sort of be listening to that thinking, okay, I, I really like the idea of coaching, but I don't like the idea of memberships. Or pick the ones, those products, those services that suit you, and always put that free part at the front, and then move them through that single customer journey along those products and services that you have, where your lead magnet is your free information, and then your other products move along into deeper, longer-term transformation. Oh, that's great. That's, that's a wonderful, I mean, it's a wonderful um, buffet. <laughs> kind of, you know, to get beyond the, you know, the, uh, the lead magnet. Um, now, when it comes to um, putting together course content, um, how, um, is there any, I'm sure it really depends on what the content is and maybe kind of how you go about gathering it, but is there any particular um, maybe uh, things you want to stay away from or, you know, I mean, you don't want to obviously plagiarize, you know, people's work. So um, how, um, what, what are some ways for people to, you know, maybe gather content? You know, I mean, I, I know what now what I want to do, and I know what my experience is, but there's also a lot more beyond, a lot more about what I don't know, you know, about that. So how do I go about educating and 
including or building content? Yeah, so it's, uh, there's, there's a million different ways actually to work out what content should be in a course, what content is currently trending, what content are people desperately searching for right now. And that is the one thing you really need to focus on at the beginning because people are more likely to pay for the things that they are looking for the answers to right now. And what we need to focus on as we're doing this is stripping away all of the irrelevant content, all of the fluff, and in fact, today, now creating really fast micro content that is specifically answering one particular question. So what questions do you answer? Well, the, there are a number of different tools you can use to figure out what people are actually writing into Google at the moment. One of my favorite ones that is completely free of charge is called answerthepublic.com. Answerthepublic.com is a website that basically curates all of the top questions that people are typing into Google at the moment. And it will show for you, if you type in your keywords, so let's pretend you are thinking about creating a course on how to podcast, for instance. Type in podcast mm -hmm. in answerthepublic.com, and it will actually pull up for you every single question that people have been typing into Google over the previous 24-hour period that have hit a, re um, a certain search volume. And so all you've got to do is go through those questions that have come up and answer them. It's as simple as that. You know, that's what people want right now. That's what's in demand right now in the marketplace. Answering those questions is going to get you a highly sought-after, high-market-demand course. Answering those questions is all you need to do. And then after you get people coming through the course, they're going to ask you more questions. They will say, you know, but how does this thing apply to this instance? Or what about this scenario? And you, you continue to build the course out from there. A lot of people think that they have to have the perfect course, publish it in its absolute perfection in version one before they can publish anything. And actually, that's the thing that holds most people back from reaching their dreams at all. Because the most amazing products out there in anything put version one out to the market. It's usually a beta version. And from there, they, they get customer feedback, they iterate it, they add to it, they tweak it, they change it, they put out version two. And with my course, it's very much the same. You know, I go through, I research every question that my audience are asking, answer the public being just one of many methods that I teach. And then I simply add more videos to it while it's live. You don't need to take it down and rebuild it again. Usually if someone will ask you a new question that you haven't thought of answering, you just quickly film a video to answer it and upload it. So the thing kind of grows and evolves just like a child would. <laughs> you don't uh, you know, birth a child and expect it to be a fully formed human being with its job, its life, and its income straight away. Yeah, it comes out this dependent little squish ball, and you have to nurture it. You grow it. It evolves. It changes as time goes on. And courses are exactly the same. So once you've got your basic questions together, Keep answering the questions that are coming up and filling it with what your people need. And please, for the love of all that is holy, remove any waffle, because there is a very big shift that has happened in the past sort of 18 to 24 months particularly, where previously it was the big courses that were selling. People were going, well, this course is massive. It must be valuable. I mean, let's look at our uh, traditional education system, right? You know, you look at a, a degree, and degrees take you five years, and you have to write millions and millions of essays. And, I, like, there's that kind of attitude that used to come with online courses. It has to be big. It has to be enormous. It has to take a year to complete. And those are the ones that were selling. But that is the complete opposite today. 
this is great for course creators. <laughs> Today, the longer a course is, the less likely it is to sell. People want answers to their questions fast. We are now living in an era where quick, rapid results are what people are looking for. And if you can't answer somebody's question in a two to three minute video, you're going to lose that customer. You will not get a good five star review and your course will eventually flop. So this is great. What's the question? Answer it fast without the PhD waffle all around it. Yeah, good. Yeah. Don't that fluff. Uh, you know, I just, um, it just seems that people don't have time for that. You know, that it's uh, mm -hmm. looking for you know, more um, appropriate and applicable kinds of information. Um, well, we're, we're about halfway through the show, Sarah. I want to take uh, just a quick break. And then when we come back, um, one of, I want to find out um, what people can do to make their courses fun, <laughs> you know, um, so people stick with it. Okay? So everybody right. stay tuned. We'll be right back to this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us. And again, today's guest joining us from Australia is Sarah Cordner, and we're talking about creating a successful online course, of which she has many. Uh, you can find out more by visiting Sarah's website, which is sarahcordner.com, and that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-R-D-I-N-E-R.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Sarah. Okay, folks, we're back with Sarah. Okay, Sarah. Well, so I've done many an online course, and some of them have been enjoyable, you know, and, and I've finished them quicker than some others that maybe were a little bit dry. So can you tell us, you know, what, what has been your experience on keeping the content interesting. How do you make an online course fun and interesting? Now, we really want our students to complete our courses. If we're creating online courses, if we're creating coaching programs, if we're creating online challenges, 
it's absolutely essential that we give those people a great experience. We want people to complete our courses because then they're going to come through to the end and say that was amazing, they're going to recommend their friends, and they're going to obviously send people to come back to us. And there are lots of ways of doing that, but today one of the best ways to make a, a really amazing experience for your learners is to make it fast. You need to give people immediate wins and you need to give them frequent wins. And this is where I'm coming back to what we were mentioning earlier about the importance of micro-learning and micro-content. People are coming to your courses for answers to their questions. So what I tend to do is I actually answer each main question or give each main tip in separate videos, where each video is no longer really than sort of three minutes. If you can't answer a question in three minutes, if you can't tell somebody what they need to do in three minutes, then I would suggest that you are overcomplicating it, all right? Now, obviously, I'm not saying it's wrong to go longer than that. Some things do require more explanation and slightly longer demonstration. But to give people those quick wins that they need to feel like they are succeeding in something and human beings are motivated by success. So if you feel like you are winning or achieving, people feel good about that thing and they keep moving forward because the adrenaline and the, you know, the, the hormones that go through their body, the kick that they get makes them want more. So you answer each question, you'll give each tip inside your online course in a two to three minute video. So they feel like they finished something, that sense of completion. You give them that task to then go and implement or do and they get a result. They then get another kick or win and continue to move through. So that's one aspect of creating a binge-worthy course, of a course that people complete. Another aspect of creating binge-worthy content is to build a community around what it is that you're teaching. So, for instance, I used to run my courses as self-study courses, meaning you could purchase them whenever you want, you can complete it on your own time whenever you want, and you just usually forget about it. All right, hands up, who, who, how many people have bought a course that they just have never got into? What I have done with mine um, is I have actually now scheduled those into um, my calendar as monthly challenges. So the self-study content really has kind of stayed the same, but I've said this challenge, and I've called it a challenge instead of a course, is going to start on the first of this month. So currently right now, I have my YouTube challenge running, and next month I've got my book writing challenge running. But by giving everybody a start date and an end date and 30 days to complete the training, you actually create a sense of urgency for those people. They're all doing it together. They're all moving down the same path together. And everyone else's actions and wins actually motivate um, in a sort of vibrational effect between the whole group. And everyone then continues through because everyone else is. No one wants to have FOMO. No one wants to feel like they're left behind. <laughs> So I've created this secret Facebook group around each challenge where every day I am using facilitative techniques to keep people motivated. Simply checking in with the group every day in the Facebook group, a post, today is day 10, how far are you? By now you should be at this particular lesson. Where are you at, right? Getting people to, to really be publicly accountable inside that group helps with student progression. Using email automation is another great way to do this. You know, create an automated email sequence that's going to check in with your people on a regular basis saying, hey, Sarah, by now you should be at lesson X. How are you getting on? Would you like a coaching call? Now, the other thing I do is have leaderboards as well. So in some of my challenges, for instance, one of them, I have a challenge called the 30 Days 30 Tips Challenge, where people basically have to go live 
in that to their audience every single day for 30 days to share tips in their topics so that they can grow their audience and grow their credibility in their industry. And I've just created a simple Excel sheet on Google, so it's a Google Sheet, which means we can all share and see the sheet at the same time. And I list every participant's name on that sheet, and I have a checkbox for every day of the 30 days, and basically they check the box when they have filmed their video for the day, so everyone can see everyone else's progress, and it becomes a bit of a competition. And that competition makes it fun, it's encouraging to others. Again, nobody wants to be the loser, no one wants FOMO, no one wants to be the one with no ticks on that sheet. So it encourages that completion rate. And there are lots of other techniques for, for kind of making the, the training fun or binge-worthy, but I would say they're the top ones for dramatically increasing your retention and completion rates in your online courses, your programs, and your challenges. Yeah, good, great, great information. Now, videos. Um, you know, in today's world of TikTok, <laughs> you know, where we have, you know, such a phenomena of short video, um, you know, that that is that can catch on. Um, you know, would you have that at one end of the spectrum, and then you have the, you know, you know as, as carefully planned and um, uh, professional as said, you know, kind of a, a stage um, kind of video. So is um, – does it really, does it matter um, which approach one takes or, I mean, is, is the TikTok world um, adding, for lack of a better word, credibility to short, you know, the short kinds of videos you're talking about? Yeah, so um, in terms of your filming, obviously your content is going to dramatically influence the way you film your course videos, the environment in which you're filming your course videos, the level of editing that you have in your course videos. Um, your audience and your topic will have a big influence over those decisions. However, the big change, again, I've seen in the last few years is that we're moving away from the studio kind of production in terms of online courses and moving more towards the authentic, natural uh, question-answering form of education delivery. And so um, you know, one of the things, for instance, uh, I would suggest is get rid of the green screen, guys. Um, this was a thing back in the day when uh, online courses <laughs> first began. It was all done in a studio. Everyone was wearing suits, myself included. I look back to some of my my last videos. I was in the green screen. I made PowerPoint slides for everything, and I would sit there in a suit looking very stiff in front of a PowerPoint screen, presenting as if I was back in the corporate office or indeed uh, back in the academic environment. And the point is, the people who I was teaching to weren't sitting in that environment. You know, I'm working with entrepreneurs and course creators who are at home in their home offices, and I realized that there was a bit of a disconnect between how I was presenting the content and who it was I was sitting there in front of, albeit through the camera. So my recommendation to you is when it comes to setting up your environment for your filming, think of the environment that your viewers are sat in when they're watching your course. As an example, if you're teaching parenting courses, for instance, please don't be dressed in a suit with a green screen behind you. Don't have tenderness <laughs> at PowerPoint, right? I would rather see people delivering parenting courses 
that's in you know maybe their lounge room and of course you can kind of set it up a little bit but i'd rather see you standing in the lounge room with the kids toys kind of um, appropriately placed around you maybe even the kids coming in and out maybe you kind of set up one of the kids bedrooms um, to look like you know tidy and nice but you've set yourself up in there so that you're in that kind of environment of parenting if you're yes. doing yoga again don't set yourself up in some formal environment go and sit down cross-legged in the corner of your room put a little buddha statue there turn on the incense you know create that same environment that your viewers kind of expect you to be in when you are teaching that thing or doing that thing. It's casual is definitely better. Getting straight to the point is better. And people definitely now would much rather see you share your screen if you're demonstrating how to do something on the computer and answering the question than you're going into some long-winded PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, in with regard to pricing, I'm, I'm, you know, I like your, um, when you're talking about the different types of offerings that people could do from the free lead magnet, you know, through, you know, introductory and on up. Um, so is it a, a matter of, of kind of just scoping out the competition, I guess, for lack of a better word, to try to get uh, a sense of the value, the you know, of what the market will hold. When it comes to pricing your online courses, pricing your coaching programs, pricing your memberships, looking at the competition is only one element of your decision factor for what you should be charging. So, yes, what other people are doing is definitely good to get a rough idea of the market benchmarks and the market expectations, but that should never, ever be your deciding factor. I see a lot of people, you know, they're going into my Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Edge of Mirror, and they say things, you know, what should I price my course at? <laughs> and I'm like, right, you don't just pick a number out of the air. There are a number of things that you need to consider. First of all is your own level of experience. Do you have any formal qualifications or training? Now, you don't have to to create a course, but if you do, you've just increased what you can charge, right? Because people value qualifications more. Saying that you're qualified in your topic, if you are, obviously, is going to enable you to demand higher fees. So that's one thing you'd be considering. Your years worth of experience, of course, if you've been in the industry longer, you can demand higher fees. You have an advantage over people who have been in there less time than you have. Uh, if you, for instance, are saving your student time or money, how much time or money are you saving them? Because that, again, if you're saving huge amounts of money for that person by fast-tracking them to the result that they're going to get, again, that increases the price that you can charge. If they are going to make money as a result of what you're teaching, again, you can increase what you're charging because people can see that they can get an immediate return on their investment. Now, there's just a few things that I'd be considering. Again, the next thing I'd be, I'd be considering is, are you putting any of your actual time into the delivery of that course or program? If you've got a self-study course, the only thing you need to consider are the ongoing overheads of your learning management system, for instance, because you know, as long as that's covered per month, anything else you make is 100% profit, meaning you, know, you can choose to price it lower and go for a mass market. If, however, you are actually going to be delivering coaching, if you're doing coaching calls as part of your, your course or your program, you need to consider the fact that that is an expense. 
because your time is money. So I say to you, how much money do you charge per hour? What is your hourly rate? If I was going to book you for a call to coach me for an hour in your thing, what would you be charging me by the hour? And so if you're going to be putting six hours worth of coaching time or coaching calls into your program, you need to calculate your hourly rate times six because that's going to be you out of work, right? That's going to be you out of you know, doing coaching calls, for instance, um, and doing any other income generating activity. So you need to add in the cost of your time, the cost of any equipment that you're using, any resources that you're using. Of course, calculate some of the build time for you putting it together in the first place. Consider all of those experiences, skills you have, and the benchmark from the industry, and that will give you the right price for you. Do not think that you have to kind of fit in the same price that everybody else does. You can either price your courses low and go for a mass market because more people can afford a lower price course, right? And believe me, some of my lowest price trainings have actually earned me the most amount of money in my business because they have the highest volume of purchases going through. Or you may choose to actually go at the extreme top end of pricing go for a high-ticket VIP elite-type product and price yourself mm -hmm. much higher. So you're going to be having less purchases, but obviously you're going to need less purchases to reach your income goal. So keep that in mind, and this is why I suggest that every successful business that has courses or coaching programs in it has low-price self-study mini-courses and has those higher-ticket coaching programs at the top. That way, you can reach every segment of the market, the low end and the top end, and do that in an amazing customer journey that absolutely will see you then profit. Yeah, good. Yeah, that, that, that's wise. <laughs> um, now, have you, have you ever had a program fail or, or, or not, you know, just not be successful? I think all of us who um, have got anywhere in business can certainly say that we have had products or services or offerings that haven't gone as successfully as we planned. But the only failure, yeah, the only failure is if you don't iterate it. The only failure is if you don't evolve it. Version one of anything sucks. Let's face it, right? <laughs> Look at anything that's ever been put out there. The Mac phone that some of you are listening to this on at the moment, you know, what didn't first fall out of Steve Jobs' hands like that? It's gone through so many different versions to get to the version that's in your hands now. And it's the same with anything else. What a lot of people do is they put their first course out there, their first product out there. They may not make many sales, and they go, oh, that failed. That's it. I'm getting rid of it. And they move on. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you're crazy. You've done most of the work. Now it's tweaking. It could have been the sales copy. It could have been the words you used. It could have been your marketing. You didn't put it in front of the right people. Yeah, it's, it, usually it's a few tiny tweaks. A lot of people come to me and have book calls with me you know, to go through their marketing for their courses. And they're like, my course sucks. I need to scrap it all and start again. And actually, it's just a, usually a few tweaks on the sales page, on the way that the course is being described or the title of the course. And boom, the, the thing turns into a huge success. So there's no such thing as failure when it comes to putting a product out there. There is such thing as failing to continue to iterate, failing to continue to improve, failing to retest the market, failing to do market research, failing to get feedback from the few people that do go through it. If you see what you put out as just version one, and that version two, three, 10, 15 will be the time when it turns into a seven-figure business, 
That is when you'll succeed. And the people that are running seven-figure education businesses like myself are only here, not because the stuff we put out there hits the bullseye the first time round. It's because we keep taking it back, reworking it, reworking it, trying again, trying again. I'm 15 years into my business. I am where I am because I stuffed up a lot of time, but because I have also kept improving everything every single time it goes out. Yep. And that was the reason I asked that question, because I wanted people out there to realize, you know, that that um, persistence and, and, like you say, tweaking and and improving um, the key. And and the only failure is is to let something die because you, you know, you don't give it that nurturing that it, that it needs. Right. So, well, um, we're, we're down toward the end of the show, Sarah. So, um, what, what would you, you know, do you have any kind of word, final word maybe for, for listeners out there, or maybe covering something that we, we didn't that you think is important? Yeah, absolutely. That anyone who is thinking about building an online business of any kind, creating courses, writing blogs, starting a podcast, writing a book, creating coaching programs, building a membership academy. All of these things simply start with answering people's questions. Uh, I know I've said this a number of times, but you do not need to have a big marketing team. You do not need to have loads of money. You do not need to have any followers. You do not need to have fancy branding, fancy studios, or fancy equipment to make yourself a success. The people who are succeeding are the ones that simply keep turning up and showing up and being the person that's answering people's questions. So my approach and the way you know, I've built my business up is just staying on top of what those questions are, using tools like Answer the Public, by going into Facebook groups and paying attention to the questions people are asking, going onto YouTube and seeing what the most popular videos are, and then producing endless amounts of content. And micro content now, obviously, as I've said, is what's trending the most. So this is great news. All you've got to do is find you know, 100 questions that people are asking, which is very easy to do if you follow the techniques that I teach. And spend a day, just spend one day filming 30-second videos to answer those questions. It might sound you know, silly. What do you mean 30 seconds? What can I possibly teach in 30 seconds? Actually, you'd be amazed at how you can give simple answers in 30-second videos. What happens from there is you can then use your description areas in those, in those videos to explain further or to give them a link to opt into something um, or to you know, direct them to your blog where you may have more in-depth explanation to your lead magnet where there's a tutorial video. That's how your business grows. But what you're basically trying to do with this is saturate the internet with your answers to people's questions so that when people do mm -hmm. go to Google and type in, how do I get, how do I be, how do I do, how do I stop, it's your stuff that comes up in search results. And the big three, guys, the big three, if you have a blog and you're answering questions in blogs, if you have a YouTube channel and you're answering questions in YouTube channels, and number three, this is very new, it's only happened this year, Google has now made an agreement with TikTok so that TikTok videos are going to begin coming up in Google search results. In fact, they're already starting. Those three platforms, if you are answering questions and just repurposing that content across all those platforms, you will dominate Google in your industry, meaning you will be the one that gets all the leads and all the customers in your field. The only thing you've got to do is produce content in the form of answering questions. You do that, you're going to absolutely wipe your competition no matter what resources you do or don't have. You need your phone and an internet connection, 
and you're winning. There you go. Boy, uh, I guess I'm sure every single person listening has that um, available to them. Well, Sarah, thank you for your time. This has really been a wonderful conversation. I've, I've really learned a whole lot, and I really want to thank you for sharing with us. Oh, no. Did I lose Sarah again? My goodness, folks. Well, it appears that I did see Sarah. But anyway, Sarah, I hope you can hear me. I, I do want to, and again, thank you for your time today. And everyone, today, uh, my very special guest joining us from Australia has been Sarah Cordner. Um, we've been talking about creating successful online courses. Um, and again, you can find out more about all that Sarah has to offer by visiting her website, which is www.sarahcordner.com. And that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-R-D-I-N-E-R.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again... Remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.